Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to New York. This is is the Devil's Devil's State of Mind Mind Podcast, Podcast. brought to you by the Hockey Hockey Podcast Podcast Network. Network. Now here's your host, host, Neil Villapiano! What is going on, Devils fans? It is, as always, your host, your best friend, your confidant, your number one source, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of the Devils State of Mind podcast, right here on the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as Sports Wire Radio, the best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. And as always, guys, I hope you are having a fantastic day wherever you're listening to this podcast episode, podcast episode, excuse me. And thank you as always for taking time out of your day to not only check out the podcast over on wherever you list the podcast, but also right here on YouTube as well. I always greatly, greatly appreciate it. And as always, our wonderful sponsors at DraftKings, SeatGeek, and Horns and Tail are proud to sponsor the Hockey Podcast Network as well as the Devil's State of Mind Podcast. Again, if you want to get $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek, use my promo code Devil's State of Mind. On DraftKings, when you sign up, make sure to use my promo code THPN. And at Horns and Tail Napa Valley, make sure to use my promo code Devil State to get 10% off your order. So shout out to all of our lovely sponsors down below. And with that out of the way, we have a pretty good episode here for you today on this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. First and foremost, actually, before I kind of give you a quick preview of what we're going to be talking about today, I wanted to give a special shout out to my guy over at the Best Fan Apparel who hooked me up with this, as you can see on the screen if you're watching this on YouTube, the Timo Time Hoodie, it's absolutely fantastic, super comfy as well, and here is the back of it in case you want to check it out. 
looks pretty cool if you ask me. And uh, yeah, I actually just got this, I think like two days ago, and I absolutely love it. So shout out to the Best Fan Apparel for hooking me up with it. And again, if you guys want to check it out as well, make sure to go to the bestfanapparel.com. You can get yourself a Timo Time hoodie or also a Timo Time uh, shirt as well if that's what you prefer but yeah make sure to go check it out support my guy over there and again thank you so much for this very very awesome hoodie that i got on here so again now that we've gotten all of that out of the way here's what we're going to talk about here today so first and foremost we did finally have our first action of the preseason the devils had not one but two games a split squad back on Monday, one at home against the Flyers, and then also on the road against the Canadians. So we're going to recap both of them and what I saw from both games. We're also going to talk very quickly about the first roster moves that the Devils made in terms of cuts for training camp. Is at the time of this recording, the Devils are down to 55 players remaining at training camp. And then we're going to end this episode with kind of a homage to a former New Jersey Devils goaltender who just recently announced his retirement and kind of talk a little bit about his impact in the seven years that he was playing in the Garden State and kind of give you my whole thoughts and everything about this guy because he is by far one of my all-time favorite New Jersey Devils players. So with all that out of the way, we have a bunch to get to here on the Devil's State of Mind podcast. So let's not waste any more time and get rolling. So let's get things rolling and drop the puck with our first topic. And we are going to recap the two Devils preseason games. It was, like I mentioned before, a split squad. So half the team was in New Jersey at the Rock taking on the Philadelphia Flyers. While the other half of the guys went across the border into Montreal to take on the Canadians. So kind of a really good opportunity for the Devils to have the majority of their players at training camp play in a game and really kind of showcase themselves. Um, and it was definitely a tale of two games, but ultimately both ended in a win. And we'll start with the game against the Philadelphia Flyers. And it was an impressive one as the Devils came away with a decisive 6 nothing victory in that one. They scored just 68 seconds into this game and ended up scoring four goals within the first six minutes. So for anybody who got a chance to go to that game on Monday, had an absolute blast right from the start. I think overall, when you look at how the Devils played, they looked about as fast as they've ever looked. And granted, again, this is without all of the main guys playing, and I think that that's what makes it even more exciting. And I know it's preseason, and I know that not everybody's going to be playing their main guys all the time. And you kind of take preseason at times with a grain of salt. But I think regardless, at the end of the day, when you look at how the Devils performs, I think you you can't look at it without any sort of just like multiple pluses. Plus, plus, plus everywhere. I mean, there was nothing really in that game that I would say the Devils did wrong. I thought they were very, very good in all facets of the game. And it was great to see Andre Plot, Eric Hall, Tice Thompson, Alexander Holtz, Timo Meyer, and Michael McLeod were the goal scorers for the Devils in this one. Vitek Vanacek played the first two periods of that game, and while he wasn't very much tested, he ended up stopping all 11 shots that he faced. Eric Schalgren played the final 20 minutes, and the Devils came away with a shutout in a preseason game, again, by the final score of 6 to nothing. And so, again, 
When you look at the game, kind of one of the things that really stands out to me is the play of Alexander Holtz. I think that was really kind of the thing that I was keeping my eye on the most. We had been hearing throughout the majority of camp so far that he looks a lot faster. He just feels a lot better. He's talked very honestly about you know how things have been tough up until this point, but he comes in with a lot of confidence, a lot of excitement. And remember, uh, a couple weeks ago, I had a chance to talk to David Bromberg, the um, the trainer for Jesper Bratt and Alexander Holtz. If you haven't, go please please go check out that episode. Uh, it's a really, really good one. Um, talks a lot about Alexander Holtz, what they've been working on all summer and getting to the point that we're at now. But Alexander Holtz just looks a lot more confident. He ended up scoring, like I mentioned before, was a really, really nice goal in the slot. And I think overall, Holtz just looks a lot more comfortable out there. He played on the line with Nico Heischer and Timo Meyer. You know, it's something to kind of keep your eye on. It was the only line during practice that wasn't broken up going into the game. And I think that tells you a lot. Because I think the Devils' mindset is that they're going to give Alexander Holtz every possibility they can when it comes to getting opportunities to score and make plays and obviously earn himself a spot on this roster. And so far, I think out of all the young guys, he probably is the front runner to make that spot. And I know some people even talked about that, well, if Holtz is playing this way, then maybe he should be playing up at the top six and we moved Austin Mercer potentially down to the third line, which not entirely against you know we'll see how things progress as the rest of the preseason comes along again we're just about two weeks away from the first game opening night October 14th um but I think just like overall I think you look at it and you say to yourself you know you know I think it's still too early by the way October 12th not 14th October 12th is the opening night game against the Detroit Red Wings at home um but Again, with Alexander Holtz, it was a really, really good start. He continues to do well in practice, and I'm excited to see what he can do as the preseason progresses. And uh, again, I've talked about him numerous times throughout the summer that this kid, I feel like, is going to end up being an X-factor for this team. And so far, he has really, really impressed the coaches, gotten a lot of praise from Lindy Ruff and the rest of the coaching staff, and I think that's really, really important. So it's good to see Alexander Holtz having the success that he did. Uh, Michael McLeod with a really, really impressive breakaway goal somebody in a group chat that i'm in uh mentioned during that game that whenever michael mcleod gets a breakaway he looks like prime mario lemieux i mean it was a nasty goal that he scored on that breakaway really impressive job good to see tice thompson get a goal i know he's a guy that's kind of a fringe player at this point he's certainly not at the level that his brother tage thompson is at um so we'll see how things progress paul Halla and palat both guys that I think most likely are going to be on the third line playing pretty well. Timo Meyer obviously scoring. I think overall the top guys were the top guys. I don't really see anybody in that game that really struggled. So I think overall it was a good uh, dominant win for the Devils at home and a good start to the preseason for sure. So now let's shift over to the other game that happened that night. Again, this was the second of the two split squad games. And that was the game against the Montreal Canadiens as a little bit different than how the first game went. It was a dominant win for New Jersey. This one was more of a grinded out, but nonetheless, it was a multiple goal win for the Devils as they came away with a 4-2 win on the road against the Montreal Canadiens. Devils finished outscoring their opponents in the first two preseason games by the score of 10-2 and very similar to the first game. Uh, the top guys were the top guys, particularly 
Jack Hughes. He had a goal and two assists, including an absolutely beautiful individual rush from his O-N that eventually ended up setting Dawson Mercer up for his goal. It was It looked like he was just toying with the Canadians out there, man. He really, really looked, you know, just phenomenal out there. And I have to say this, that the combination of Jack Hughes and Tyler Toffoli is going to be so nasty when this season gets underway. And Tyler Toffoli even himself stated earlier this week that Jack Hughes is probably the best overall player that Toffoli has ever played with. And remember, Toffoli's been in the league for well over a decade. He played with some Hall of Fame guys like, you know, Dustin Brown. He played with Andre Kopitar. You know, he went to Montreal and played with some young guys like Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. He's played with some talented guys over in Calgary as well. And he comes and says, Jack Hughes is the overall best player he's ever played with. And they haven't even played a regular season game together yet. And I think that just shows you the level of talent that Jack Hughes has. And just really just deserving praise. But Toffoli, although he took a penalty and, you know, at times didn't do a whole lot statistically, I thought he looked good. But the connection between both of them is going to be absolutely sick. You know, Toffoli's more of a finisher. Jack Hughes has unbelievable setup ability. I think it's going to be a dynamic duo that the NHL is going to really struggle to keep up with throughout this entire season cannot wait for that to get going also just wanted to say really quickly that um our good buddy and fan of the show and he's been on the show before uh novazinski from nj.com he actually just put out an article recently talking with tofoli's father about Basically, the expectation for Toffoli is he wants to have a really good season and then extend in New Jersey. So it sounds like Toffoli already wants to kind of be in New Jersey long term. This is kind of going off of what Tom Fitzgerald has said about how New Jersey is becoming more of a destination place. And I think that's absolutely great to hear. I think the Devils end up extending Toffoli. I expect big things from him. Uh, again, it's, you know, the regular season hasn't started yet, but I'm already excited for those two. Uh, Simone Nemich. He ended up scoring a goal, but not in the way you thought. As he ended up taking a wrist shot that went off the backboards, he took the shot from center ice first and foremost, hit the backboards, hit off the back of the goalie, and went in. So Simone Nevitz was able to get himself a pretty lucky goal, but nonetheless, he had a really, really strong preseason game. He has already gotten the attention of the entire Devils coaching staff in front office, and I know that Tom Fitzgerald said earlier this offseason that basically Nemich is probably not going to make the team, but I'm telling you right now, Simone Nemich is making it very, very hard for Tom Fitzgerald and Lindy Ruff to make that type of move. And I mean, to be fair, Fitzgerald did also say that if they feel Nemich is ready, if he's proving it, then he's going to get on this team. So we'll see how things progress, but Nemich looks really, really good so far. Dawson Mercer and Staten Island Zone Joe Gambardella also had goals in this one, and the Devils came away with a 4-2 win. Keith Kincaid actually ended up getting hurt in this game. Um, it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal, but obviously not an ideal thing early on in preseason. Akira Schmid, he looked solid. I think he looked very solid. You know, overall, just um, just solid, hard-fought win for the Devils, and they start the preseason off. 2-0 and outscoring their opponents 10-2. So now they'll get ready for their upcoming game against the New York Rangers um, on Thursday. If you guys are listening to this on Thursday, it'll be later tonight. I'm actually doing a live watch-along on the Hockey Podcast Network YouTube channel. Go check it out. 
THPN on YouTube. Going to be the first of many that I do that I've done the last couple of years. But, uh, you know, overall, really good start to the preseason for the New Jersey Devils and looking forward to seeing more guys uh, make names for themselves and really kind of, you know, progress as we get closer and closer to the start of the 2023-24 season. So now let's shift over to talking about our second topic of the day, which is just quickly talking about the Devils' first round of cuts at training camp. The Devils started with 57 players on their roster. Well, now they are down to 55. As uh, earlier this week, the Devils did make their first two cuts of this training camp as they assigned forwards Camp Squire back to his team in Cape Breton, which is in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, and Cole Brown, who's going back to Brantford in the Ontario Hockey League. So now the Devils are currently down to 55 players. I think most likely after the Rangers game on Thursday, you'll probably see a boatload of more cuts. Uh, it's been basically kind of reported that a lot of the cuts early on are going to be guys that are just young guys going back to their junior teams. We're getting close to the start of the Utica Comets and Adirondack Thunder Camps. So I think then you're going to start seeing guys who are going to most likely play down in the minors to start the year. They're going to start to get cut as well. So we'll definitely keep an eye on it. Uh, both of these guys, you know, again, didn't do a whole lot in camp, but then, he, but also they probably weren't going to get a whole lot of opportunities moving forward. Kind of some more information, as you can see here on the screen, but I'll read it as well if you're just listening to the episode. Uh, Squires, 30 goals and 64 points in Cape Breton last year, and Brown had 17 goals and 42 points with Hamilton, which now becomes uh, Bradford. Um, Squires was picked in the fourth round of this past year's draft, 122nd overall, and Brown was drafted two rounds later in the sixth round at 164th overall. So again, you kind of look at those first two, uh, those first two cuts. Not a surprise, and we'll definitely keep our eye to see who are the next round of cuts the Devils decide to make as we trim down the roster as we get closer to what the final roster should be to get the regular season underway. We're back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on all the NFL action with great offers every single day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football's more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. So we're going to end today's episode with, I don't even want to say it's like a somber note really, but kind of something that is a little bit more personal to me because he, and you know, he is one of my all-time 
favorite devils that I had a chance to watch. And I've always been a big fan of his and a big supporter of his. And that is devils, former goaltender, Corey Schneider, as earlier this week via the Salem news, which is in Massachusetts, he announced his retirement from the national hockey league and also his professional hockey after 16 years playing as a pro. He is from Marblehead, Massachusetts. So anybody who's from that area knows exactly what we're talking about. So yeah, after playing in 410 career games with three teams in the NHL, uh, Corey Schneider announced his retirement um, effective back on Tuesday. He said after those years, quote, I'm at peace with it, said the 37-year-old married father of two children. I'll miss my teammates and the intensity of playing, but it is the right time for me. If you had told me as a Marblehead High freshman that I'd play 16 years of professional hockey, I would have laughed in your face. So, yeah, it is a little sad to see Corey Schneider uh, eventually now retire. Kind of something we all kind of expected. Um, you know, it's you know, it, his skills have been declining over the last couple of years. Hadn't played a whole lot in the NHL and was playing mostly of the last two seasons in Bridgeport with the New York Islanders um, minor league team. So he really didn't have a chance to play a whole lot of NHL games. I think if I'm not mistaken, the last NHL game that he played and won was actually a game two seasons ago in late April against the New Jersey Devils in New Jersey. And I even knew in that game, going into that game that when Corey Schneider got the nod, I said, he's going to win this game. He's going to end up winning this game, and that's exactly what happened. The Islanders ended up winning that game, and I think that might be the last NHL win for Corey Schneider. And to do it against the team he played for for seven years, um, I'm sure that was a little bit of a revenge retribution uh, for Schneider, no doubt about it. So kind of a little bit of background in case for some odd reason you don't remember Corey Schneider as a New Jersey Devil. Overall, he played in 410 career games in the NHL for the Vancouver Canucks. New Jersey Devils, and the New York Islanders. He finishes his career with a career record of 171, 159, and 58 record. And in the seven seasons that he played in New Jersey, he played in 311 games. So the bulk of his career as a starter was with the New Jersey Devils. He finishes with a 115, 133, and 50 record. So right then and there, a lot of people look in and say, wasn't really that good. And obviously, you know, you go back to 2014 when he was traded from Vancouver in exchange for the ninth overall pick that eventually became Bo Horvat. There will be people that will say that that deal was not worth it. And I argue that it was worth it for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, with the Bo Horvat situation, because it was Lou Lamorello, I could not see him being the guy, oh yeah, we're going to draft Bo Horvat. We could have gone a completely different direction. Knowing how Lou does things, I wouldn't have been surprised if he didn't draft Bo Horvat anyway with the ninth overall pick. Secondly, the Devils needed to find a successor to Marty Berder. We didn't have anything in our system up until that point. And you got a guy who was a proven guy. He played in the playoffs a bunch, played in the Stanley Cup Finals as well, coming in for Roberto Luongo. This was a guy that was ready to take the raids as being a full-time starter. And he ended up having several seasons early on in his tenure and more or less his prime in New Jersey, where he was playing at an elite level. And if his win-loss record was a lot better, I would argue to say that he would have been a Vesna Trophy candidate. 
Maybe he wouldn't have won one anyway, but I think he was at that level. That's how good he was for anybody that stalked him on a night-to-night basis. And also in terms of stats, here's something interesting. He sits second in franchise history in a handful of categories, only behind, obviously, Martin Berner. He has the second most games played by a goaltender in Devils history, 311. Shutouts, 17. Minutes played, 17,872. And saves, 8,023. He also retires with the Devils' top save percentage in franchise history at .915. His 115 wins is third in franchise history and his career 2.50 goals against average with the New Jersey Devils, which is also a minimum of 100 games played, ranks second all-time behind Marty Berner's 2.24. And it should also mention that in 2014-15, Schneider played in a nice 69 games for the Devils, which is the most of any goaltender in a, in, in a single season in Devils franchise history, other than obviously Marty Berner. So in terms of stats, you could make an argument that Corey Schneider will go down, at least for now, as the second greatest goaltender that the Devils have ever had. And a lot of people look at it and say, well, Neil, the Devils didn't win much and and never made the playoffs except one year when Corey was here. But that's not because of Corey. That's a lot more to do with Lula Morello did not have a team built around Corey that was good enough to win. We were very old, didn't have a lot of talent, and Corey kept us in a lot of games for a handful of years. And it wasn't until we got to 17-18 where we finally started to click a little bit, and that's when the injuries started to pile up for Schneider. And if you remember in that year that we made that miracle run, yes, I'm going to call it like it is, a miracle run to the playoffs, he got hurt. And Keith Kincaid took over the raids and had two phenomenal months that helped us get into the playoffs. And then Keith Kincaid gets shelled for two games in the first round against Tampa. Corey comes in, gets the only win of that series against Tampa, played pretty well in the three games that he started, but ultimately it wasn't enough. And Corey could never, unfortunately, get back to a level that we saw him before. He had that infamous 20-plus game streak where he hadn't won a game until Nico Heischer scored that famous overtime goal against the Minnesota Wild. Corey Schneider celebrating and Steve Cangelosi with the great call. How do you spell relief? C-O-R-Y. I mean, it was a phenomenal, phenomenal win for Corey Schneider. Definitely to get that monkey off of his back. And again, Injuries just made things difficult. The Devils eventually had to buy him out in 2020, and he had played the final couple of years within the Islanders organization with, obviously, Lou Lamorell comes to the surprise of nobody. And, again, just could never get back to the level. So he understandably retires 37 years of age. I mean, I often argue that instead of us bringing Keith Kincaid back, why don't we just bring Corey back for one last hurrah? But... Who knows? Maybe the Devils reached out. Corey said he was going to retire, and that was that. I don't know. But this is what Corey Schneider had to say personally about his time in New Jersey. He said, quote, New Jersey was a great place for my family and me. My kids were both born there. I had some great teammates, and it was a terrific, terrific place to play. And that's really great to hear. And 
Again, I can argue that I am probably the biggest Corey Schneider fan in the history of the New Jersey Devils fan base. I absolutely loved Corey in the seven years that he was in New Jersey. I, you know, stuck with him through thick and thin. I still have a jersey of his. Hell, I even have a sweatshirt of his as well. And I absolutely loved Corey Schneider. He's probably the second, my my second favorite devil of all time other than Marty Broder. I'm just a sucker for goaltenders. What can I say? And, um, you know, it was obviously sad to see him get bought out. I knew that was probably going to end up happening. And it is a little sad for me to see uh, him retiring. It's like a part of my childhood is now kind of over with him moving on. I would love to get the opportunity to uh, have him come on the podcast. If anybody can help me contact him, that would be great. I would really, really appreciate it. But I did want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you, Corey Schneider, for all the time that you put in with the New Jersey Devils. You know, for many years, you were the only thing that was worth watching. You kept the Devils in so many games. You sacrificed so much for this team. You helped them eventually take the steps they needed to get to where we are now. I argue that if we have prime Corey Schneider right now with the team we have getting ready for 2023-24, that we would be arguably the best team in the NHL. There wouldn't be questions about goaltending. We would have everything in place because Corey was that good. And I did also want to quickly mention, if you haven't checked it out yet, I highly do. Again, I do write for the hockey writers covering the New Jersey Devils. I did write an article back on August 11th. So this was way before we got the news about course of time and talking about former Devils goal, former Devils, Corey Schneider's prime was better than you think. If you haven't checked out that article yet, I highly recommend you do so. I mean, it really kind of talks in great detail just about what Corey Schneider's uh, prime was in New Jersey, how impactful it was and how he was arguably the best thing that we saw, you know, during that very dark period of Devils hockey. But I want to wish him nothing but the best in retirement. He has definitely deserved it, had a really, really tremendous career. And I look forward to seeing what he can, what, uh, what he does in the next phase of his life. I know we talked about a little bit about maybe being on TV, I would love to see the Devils bring him on to the MSG crew, working with Erica Walker and Dano and Salvador. I think that would be great. I would even love it if he came back as a coach in some degree. Maybe work with Scott Clementson and Marty Berder in the goaltending aspect. I mean, he played most of his career in New Jersey. I think through and through, he is a New Jersey Devil. Um, it would be great to see him back with the Devils organization in some capacity. But nonetheless, want to wish Corey Snyder a happy retirement after 16 years of playing professional hockey, nearly two decades. And also congratulations to the seven years that he was a New Jersey Devil. As I always say, once a Devil, always a Devil.